Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go. August 3rd, Wednesday. It is a whatever Wednesday. That means you, the audience, the listeners, get to participate. We love when you participate. The Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402 479 one four zero zero is open. You can use that same number uh, to hit us up on the text line if you don't uh, want to call in. Remember, uh, Richard's the only one out there with a, a uh, time restraint. One minute for Richard. Uh, we're talking Star Trek, Richard. Um, not because we don't uh, enjoy, but uh, we want to give everybody as much. Uh, <laughs> as much airtime as we can. I'm your host, Jack Riggins. This is Drive Time Lincoln in Lincoln, Nebraska, the state capital. It is a balmy 95 degrees, but not quite as hot as yesterday. And Johnny Cadillac is producing the show. Just a little program note while the call lines start getting hot here. Uh, Councilman Richard McGinnis will be on tomorrow. Looking forward to that in the first segment. Talk about uh, city budget and other... Uh, Items going on in city council as well as I have questions about all the fees the mayor has been putting into the budget or somebody. Uh, I just assume it's the mayor's office. Um, but he'll be able to answer that and provide his perspective, so I'm looking forward to that. Friday is going to be an interesting day. I guess it's going to be a true Frogman Friday because... Johnny Cadillac, as you know, has he's always foaming at the mouth for some airtime. I mean, he's he doesn't interrupt the show because it is my show, and I'm very generous when he wants to pipe in as a producer because he does a lot of hard work behind the board. But he had an idea that I think we could probably handle. He is going to interview me, and and I have no idea what's coming. So it is going to be a I guess a Frogman Friday with Johnny Cadillac interviewing the commander. Yeah, like behind the scenes, you told me before we went on the air today that this is what we're going to be doing on Friday, and I. <laughs> started to say oh man no questions are off women along those lines but when i just started to say those words you even said johnny i don't want to hear it let's wait for friday you want to be totally surprised on what whatever's gonna be yeah i might not sleep a night and or like just as human nature um i'll start thinking of pre-canned answers which as you know audience i don't ever want to be um it's human nature that you kind of do that but i like to be able to just give you my take as as it comes up um so anyway Call lines are already open. Of course, I have backup material if if they're not full. But uh, let's go to Johnny on line one. Johnny, welcome to Drive Time, Lincoln. Hey, thank you for taking my call. I was going to ask you a question. Johnny, do you have us on speed dial? Uh, You know what? I just got the number memorized. Okay, fair enough. I enjoy the show that much. Um, You know, all all respect and everything. It's all good. I know sometimes I I go far out there. But uh, so I just kind of had a question for you. You know. Like, I know that a lot of Republicans want to privatize a lot of different things, you know, like government buildings and stuff like that. And I was just wondering if you could uh, privatize one building, like, say, maybe like post office or if you could uh, get rid of uh, Social Security or something. Like, if you had one thing that you could uh, change to privatize or get rid of with government, like government buildings or anything, what what, what would that be? I'm just kind of curious. Oh, wow. Um, First of all. I think that's a great question. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the the call, Johnny, and uh, very thoughtful um, 
privatized. Number one, um, I'm going to take Johnny's word for it. I don't know that uh, conservatives or government officials are always wanting to privatize. Uh, that kind of kind of threw me off there for a second. Um, but as he explained it a little bit, I'm kind of like, okay, I, I see where he's going with this. So number one, I, I don't know as a conservative that I want to privatize everything. However... Oh, man, some of the science people, Johnny, are going to really get mad at me for this one, I think. <laughs> but i got to be honest. As you explained it and I thought about it, my immediate thought in my head was NASA. NASA. Why? Because we have seen recently what private industry, capitalism and chasing, you know, basically a better product, a more efficient product, um, what it can do just in a few short years with rocket technology and being able to land and reuse rockets. I'm, I'm obviously talking about SpaceX, but um, there's a couple others, right? Virgin Atlantic has their kind of now tourism space travel. I think there's another one out there. And I think NASA did a phenomenal job. And maybe we should get Clayton Anderson on because he's back in town running the Strategic Air Museum. Uh, just down the road, and I know he's kind of been making the media, and that'd be a good thought for him. I mean, it, probably his answer, or most people's answer would be, you know, have it as this public-private partnership. And I do believe NASA, if you look back in history, as I understand it, always did kind of have big companies helping out and building things, and and NASA has done a phenomenal job, um, you know, dating back to its inception. So I'm not saying that. But I guess if I had to make that decision today, I would probably go with NASA to a degree. I mean, that's what I would say. I would say you could turn that over to the private sector, um, but clearly there'd have to be lots of agreements because a lot of the experiments and a lot of the technology developed um, does go to the United States government and benefits us all. But a lot of that technology also goes to other countries and other scientists, you know, that might be our named enemies as well. So there's there's always been that balance. But I guess that would be my answer. And that's kind of an interesting question, Johnny. I dig it. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, Scott on the text line. Uh, what's a favorite book of yours that you would recommend reading? I have ebbed and flow, but over the course of my life, I would say that I'm an avid reader. Um, I think digital technology and being able to, um, you know, listen to a book now has cut into my actual read time. But I will say, kids, younger people out there, reading is one of the best skill sets that you could ever, ever develop. And um, I was fortunate enough to take many courses um, due to my job in the United States military in speed reading. And when you can get really good at speed reading and also recognition of the material, um, boy, it's just, I mean, it's just all out there. I mean, you can basically, any question you have, you can go look up and research. Um, but to your question, what's a favorite book of mine that I would re uh, recommend reading? Well, I suspect that if I had to pick one, um, and they've done a terrible job um, recently, because I think it's on Amazon Prime with the show Without Remorse, but the original book, Without Remorse, by Tom Clancy, about 
a former Navy SEAL, John Clark, again fictional, um, John Clark, uh, former Navy SEAL, Vietnam vet, and his rise through the 70s and the drug trade and becoming essentially one of CIA's leading uh, go-to operatives is a really good book. It's a really good book, and um, and if you're a fan of Tom Clancy, the author, and some of the movies, then you know some of the movies have been good, some have been bad, but uh, Without Remorse is probably, in my opinion, one of his best writings, and unfortunately, the, the TV show has nothing to do with the book, um, and I think that most people would enjoy the intrigue and that stuff. Johnny, do you got a favorite book that you could think about off the top of your head? Off the top of my head? No, it, I, this won't come as a surprise to anyone, but it'd probably be some sort of wrestling autobiography. Um, normally those are the books I've read the most in the past. Um, there's some really good ones. Uh, I think there's a book called wrestling with the devil that was written by Lex Luger. That uh, right, right off the top of my head, I think I enjoyed more than just about any of the other books I've read. So, yeah, surprise, surprise, Johnny Cadillac's going with a pro wrestling answer, but it was a good book. Right. Uh, Scotty, the other one I'd give you, and you're you're probably going to catch on to this theme with me, um, and some of it has to do with my childhood, which, you know, I don't know, maybe Johnny will ask me, but um, I, I had an interesting, excuse me, I had an interesting childhood. But the other one I would say, Oh, excuse me. Uh, Coca-Cola Johnny got me. He's got me all messed up. Is The Count of Monte Cristo. You're by, welcome. Yeah, by Alexander Dumas. Um, again, the book. Um, pretty awesome. Um, the, the Great Gatsby as a book. I, I think you'd love. Um, I, I'm just, I can't really pick one, to be honest with you. I'm just thinking of ones that I've read and then enjoyed it so much. I've gone back and read multiple times um you know there's a couple of political philosophy books out there that are are very interesting as well um the dark side of of democracy that that's um really interesting um you know the other ones that um Believe it or not, somebody recently, I had no idea two years ago that these books were out there, but uh, Anne Rand's books are very interesting. Atlas Shrugged, um, that that's a good read. So, it, you know, I go back and forth. Um, obviously, you know, fictions with some morality in there. Um, I brought up the political philosophy and some of those due to uh, my master's degree. And it, when I went to get my master's degree, it was the first time I I guess was mature enough to really enjoy reading for an education. Um, the other ones just, just for enjoyment. And I know I'm going on and on about this, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my high school teacher, uh, Gene Muller and, uh, Hamlet. I loved all the Shakespeare stuff. Loved it. That, that is where, because of her Fremont Bergen high school, shout out because of, uh, Gene Mueller. Um, Hamlet and Shakespeare and her explaining it all and the dynamics in there uh, really got me hooked on reading, no doubt about it. Uh, so I don't know if that's what you expected from the commander, but that's 
that's what you'll get. <laughs> Good question, Scott. Oh, boy. Again, it's Whatever Wednesday. Call lines are open. Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Uh, if you do the same thing on the text line, you'll get the text in here. Um, some of the more interesting things, I think, that are out there, um, when you look at the uh, local stories, there's just a lot of shenanigans, right? I mean, typical vehicle crashes, really sad, the men accused of kidnapping, assault, sexual assault, that story over the weekend, um, you know, the random person in Gateway Mall, I think it was a person, uh, maybe multiple uh, with fire extinguishers getting crazy. I mean, what is going on? You know? Then you have things like the improperly disposed cigarette burning down your house. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it's, there's a little bit of comedy. Uh, maybe when you're like me and you come in and you just take a look at the headlines or you're watching the headlines brew throughout the night and the day. Um, you know, people stealing whiskey, you know, a teenage girl arrested for auto theft. Come on. Come on. I mean, it seems like there's a vape store or something vape getting stolen all the time. <laughs> I it, It's crazy. But here's what I'll say about that. Help us on the way. Uh Sheriff's Office, LSO, they're doing a great job figuring out ways uh, to get their department numbers up, giving referral bonuses um, to their officers to help get it. And all I'm going to say, when it comes to LPD, LFR, obviously sheriffs, we just talked about it, give them the damn money, right? The police chief, you, you can tell she's squared away. You can tell she's got the experience. You know, let's throw out that stuff we thought before about somebody from San Francisco. You know, she knows what she's doing, right? She's come out. She's been honest about their numbers, right? She has helped along with the union to fight, and soon they're going to get paid at a level that's very positive for this city, right? The the fire commissioner, the fire chief, he's been honest and upfront about his buildings, Right? And he needs to get some buildings fixed. You know? Sheriff Terry Wagner has been on this show. He's talked about numbers. Folks, we can afford it. We don't have to raise taxes. We don't have to do anything. We just have to prioritize our money and give it to the people that are in the fight. And they know what to do with it. Give them the damn money. That's what I'm saying. We're going to ask Richard McGinnis all about that tomorrow along with some of the other stuff. Uh, we got time to get to a call before the break. I think we do. We'll get, at least get the question out. Doug, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hello. Hi, Doug. Welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Got about hey, two minutes. I got a question, Commander. Great show. Who is the biggest bald-faced liar? Will we ever know the truth? Slama or Herbster? Which one? Can't be. It's got to be one or the other. Will but, we ever know? Uh, well, I'll break that down more. But, well, we got. here's the thing. Will we ever know? That's one question. I think the answer is no. That's just me as a private citizen saying that. I think the answer is no. I don't think we will. Um, then you bring up, I think, a more important question, which is 
it can't be one or the other, so who's lying? And that's yeah. that's a really important question to all Nebraskans, as and especially conservative Nebraskans, since both one is a current public official and the other one um, yeah. is very active um, and had run for governor. So that's that's great. I'll spend a little time on that when we come back or when we get to the second segment. Appreciate the call, Doug. You bet. Oh, I've been waiting. I you know. I knew that this was going to come back around at some point in time. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right. Uh, whatever Wednesday, August 30 or 95 degrees outside, uh, we'll be coming up on Carla James, giving the news break here in a little bit. Um Please call in second segment. Well, we've got a big question about the Charles Herbst or Julie Slama thing kind of hanging. We'll deal with that second segment. Text line's been blowing up. A lot of good questions. Um, I do want to go back, if you didn't get a chance, uh, to listen to Monday's episode, uh, Tunnels to Tower Lincoln, and uh, the Herrera family, along with uh, Melissa Wood, talking about how it all came about and their upcoming 5k on august 27th they're at about thirty one thousand dollars uh 300 plus signees i want to get that to 500 plus signees and fifty thousand. so go to facebook type in tunnel to towers lincoln and there you can find out where to donate as well as where to sign up uh for the 5k on august 27th um, we're going to have them back on on the 15th and i'm really looking forward to it um just interesting, at least to me, and I hope it came through really from uh, Carrie Herrera and obviously Melissa's, as Carrie said, squared away nature of putting this together. But uh, Carrie just talking about the family moving forward from Officer Herrera, her husband's death, um, and just how cool it is that they are trying to pay it forward and educate people in this area about programs that are out there and clearly raise money for Tunnels to Towers, which supports people nationwide. Um, So please, if you're a listener, go out there to their Facebook page and donate or get out there and do the walk run on August 27th. 1,499.3-KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, we're back on a whatever Wednesday, August 3rd. It's 537. Uh, Got the text line full today, as well as uh, last caller was mentioning um, some really good questions about the Herbster Slama accusations and the case um, which I'm going to definitely comment on uh, because I I will say this. I, I don't think anybody's going to find out. And there there were two questions a caller asked and, and the first one or the second question. That's my thought. I, I don't think we're really ever going to find out and I can explain why. So I will come back to that. But I also want to get to caller Brian if it's if it's normal, Brian, because uh, you can get a little bit long winded. But I love when he calls in. So, uh, Brian, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Can you make your point in about two minutes? I suppose I could. I really hate to interrupt 
a topic that local hosts have managed to avoid for months. Oh, well, let's let's <laughs> let's get it on the airwaves and maybe we'll keep talking about it then show after show. Okay, well, I suppose I have a stack of statistics, but maybe just the philosophy. You know, the problem with uh, communist Russia wasn't that there was too much altruism. There was too much uh, objectivism, uh, self-interest, and egotism on the part of its rulers. Okay. And all the wealth and power and privileges uh, concentrate with a small group of people in a society. You and I can agree that's bad, right? And when they don't want to hear any bad news, so what they do just keeps getting worse. You can't ascribe it to uh, altruism or patriotism or whatever they're doing out of entirely self-interest, just like Ayn Rand would do. Uh, but the whole philosophy of, you know, it's understandable to, you know, want to be wealthy and powerful and not want to be uh, weak and poor. But when you get to where you're worshiping the wealthy and powerful and despising the weak and poor. and Well, when, who's uh, doing that, though? Who's doing that, though? Because you and I agree that Russia's kind of few people with money and however they got it, ego was the kind of the downfall or put them in the current state. We agree on that, right? That's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, Ayn Rand, for one, and the whole Friedrich Nietzsche, uh, Ayn Rand, uh, Friedrich Hayek, uh, Milton Friedman, Alan Greenspan, sort of, you know, austerity for okay. the masses and uh, luxury for the few. The thing is, you know, the idea is that all the job creation comes from giving the benefits to the top. But, if there's not consumer demand, then uh, it's a lot to put your money into building businesses and hiring people when there's no demand. It's just a losing proposition for a long time. Well, you do have there to more. create something that there's a demand for. That's true. Or you can uh, buy companies and break them up and collect the assets and fire all the people. There or are people can, that uh, do that. Gordon Gecko as a fictional character. Right. Or you can uh, buy out the competition, merge production facilities, lay off workers, call it increasing productivity, your stock goes up. And And people uh, do do that in capitalism, but and your point is, though... Well, right now there's something like uh, getting rid of the carried interest loophole, which is uh, fund managers and private equity people, so that they'd have to pay like uh, an income tax rather than uh, just a 20% tax, which is about half what most people would pay. And I suppose since time's running out, I'll just finish up what she said about the oil, you know, oil being taxed. That's uh, putting back on an imports tax. And uh, I figured it out. It would be 16.4 cents per barrel. There's 42 gallons in a barrel. That would be 0.39 cents per gallon. 37% of oil is imported. So that would amount to 0.1443 cents per gallon or about point about one and a half tenth of a cent added to the price of gasoline. Oh my, we're going to have to pay so much more for gas. And I suppose I'll finish up since we're running out of time. I'd like to say more, but that's it. Well, call back next whatever Wednesday. Appreciate the call. Um, Well, Brian, I'm going to take him for his numbers. I did not break down the numbers. um, And, you know, the way Brian puts it, you know, it's a very small little tax on it. Um, he's referring to a comment I made, I think, yesterday about gas prices and Biden taxing oil. Um, I'm talking of the broader philosophy. I, there's nothing wrong with what Brian said. He, I'm going to take him at his word that he did his numbers and they're correct. It's it's a small tax. Um, 
I believe and know when I said the comment, I'm talking about the optics and that I don't think it's going to do much, um, not just for gas prices, let alone uh, the recession we're in. Um, but, we're, you know, we're all entitled to our opinion, and uh, I do appreciate Brian doing the numbers on that one. Um, I'm not exactly sure that's a longer conversation where he was going because I am not a economics expert, uh, so to speak. Definitely agree with him on if all the money when he was talking about Russia, you know, ego, power, greed, however you want to say it, you know, if three, four, a thousand people, you know, have everything. He was using the Russia kind of oligarchy and, and how as their communism formed, uh, you know, some had all and some had none. Uh, hasn't worked out. That same example can be used in modern day North Korea. Um, and we both agree that's not healthy. I think, at least philosophy wise in America, we get caught between the ebb and flow of that dynamic, meaning large corporations, large groups employ lots of people, create products, that product creates demand, that product. And things we build become part of the GDP, make our country economically strong. Um, And certainly some people in that hierarchy, you know, financially uh, on top of it, get more financially. Right. Um, And then he also gave some examples. Uh, Again, not an expert on Ayn Rand, uh, but I have read her books. I think they're fascinating reads. Um, and it's probably what spurned him to think about it. Um, obviously, she was a champion of, of going out and getting yours, but also, you know, w- how much the people that have achieved are providing to society um, through, you know, these big corporations or railroads, if you will. And, you know, what it's like, essentially, without them. Um, and... You know, I think like anything, there's a balance. The flip side, right, is there's people that are very successful and they've taken over companies for a profit and they've, you know, broken them up and sold them and and caused jobs to go away. And so they've hurt society or hurt those regional areas. Um, And and I think that's constantly the friction. I use that word a lot. That's the friction of our republic. That's the friction of capitalism and. Um, and I don't think you can have it perfect one way or the other. Um, you know, friction seems to be about the best mass societies of people can figure out how to do. I mean, we can't all live in a utopia. We can't all um, have everything. And, you know, we have to get used to and, and certainly when it comes to the government, you know, stepping in, they've got to try to do the greatest good for the greatest amount of people. And. Still to this day, even though I don't like a lot of things Joe Biden does, America still has been the best form of government and uh, organization of diverse groups of people on the face of the planet, bar none. Bar none. It's it's just almost undebatable, and that continues even when we're all frustrated with the recession and gas prices. All right, so back to the Herbster thing. Uh, Again, I don't think we're ever going to know the truth. Both parties have enough money to do things in court that you and I can't even understand, (laughs) can't even fathom, didn't know was an option, and so they're going to do that. 
if you, if you take it from, we'll go with the Julie Slama side, okay? Um, if if she's telling the truth, rightfully so. I mean, I think everybody in this day and age, if you don't know about sexual assault or discrimination or inappropriate touching, um, that's a no-no. It's just silly, and it's stupid. Um, and absolutely, it's perpetrated, I'm sure, on women way, way, way more than men. And she should report. Should she have reported sooner? I think most people would say yes. Um, reporting right in the middle of a primary costs a little doubt on whether that's a political hit. And I think that's the discussion a lot of people um, are having. Um, but nonetheless, sometimes people report late. Um, and, and there were others, as we know. Um, but nonetheless, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, if it's true, well, then there's Charles Herbster and he's saying, you know, he didn't do it. And again, it's not going to criminal trial, folks. So it's not going to be something where we got the aha, you know, this party's guilty or this party isn't. And so, um, you know. Again, if if Senator Sama is telling the truth, then she's come forward, and I think it's important. And a per, p- person in her position is a success, eh, successful woman, a senator, um, to come forward and be, be honest. Okay. Now, on the flip side, if she's not being honest and she's a sitting senator, um, that's about as bad as it gets. Not just being a sitting senator, but now with regard to how kind of people feel about false reporting on such allegations and you know those impacts to men and women around the country are involved in this case and certainly women then now it's the wrong message right and you know then you go okay on herbster's side well if it's false then he's doing what anybody would do especially if you're a high profile person which is he's fighting in court because that's his only recourse is to fight in court for his reputation essentially and that's what's going on if you recall he sued basically for that and then she countersued um again uh, you and i both know that uh julie slama is not probably bankrolling her defense or her accusation um i don't know who is but i'm pretty positive it's not julie slama <laughs> so, you know, be that as it may, both ways it's bad. To get to the truth in this one, I don't think it's going to happen. It would have to go to criminal, and it's not, and it's a he said, she said, as I've said from the get-go, and it happened during a very contentious political time, and we really have to wonder about the motives on all sides. And I think that's all we're going to have, Nebraska, without a doubt. Okay, I want to get to the text line because there's a lot of them here. Um, Let's see. Jeremy, yeah, I agree with you. He says, wish we had a traffic uh, department uh, could cut down on the number of mopeds, go-karts, driving through the neighborhoods on streets and sidewalks. Yeah, I think it's fairly common knowledge, Jeremy, that uh, we've kind of backed off of the traffic department. I, d- I don't know that for a fact anymore. Maybe they've put some more officers back on it. But, um, you know, due to our manning, we've had to rearrange the force. And so um, you don't see 
as many um, patrol cars just out there. And yes, accidents, motorcycles going 100 miles an hour. Um, I, I I suspect in the neighborhoods too, right? Mopeds and go karts. Mopeds have become a thing because of gas prices. I don't even know if they're legal, but uh, we we just have a lot of not chaos on the streets, but we just have we just have a sometimes lawlessness, but just more mayhem. There's just more things going on with motorized vehicles that when there's a traffic department that's in force on the streets all the time, you know, just as a deterrent cuts down on a lot of this stuff. So that, you know, that's a good text. Um, Jeff, or excuse me. Yeah, Jeff, you're not happy. I think um, <laughs> we've got two. Um, yes, there. The Democrats meaning nationwide, have seemed to be able to just change definitions at will. Um, I caught on to this very early, actually kind of even before. I just happened to be looking up the difference between a shot and a vaccine, and it it was a couple weeks before uh, (laughs) it made national news. You know, they changed that definition. Um, And you're right. I mean, what is a woman? You know, what's the definition of marriage? You know, now, now there's just... What's the definition of recession? I could go on and on and on. It's just the Democrats are finding a way that clearly they're getting some political traction and or uh, major media is going right along protecting them by just, you know, if we don't like it, we change the definition. Uh, I think we just have to see through that and people have to get out and vote so that this kind of lunacy goes away. You just don't get to change definitions because you want to. Uh, That's just not a healthy thing in society. Now, you also say, or it seems like you're saying, our money's not well spent or law would be funded. Um, And you're saying, don't tell us we can afford it, as if more money will fix the problem. And you're saying that it's irresponsible spending. Um, I'm not sure what to make of that. First of all, you're right. Our money is not being well spent. It's not being prioritized correctly, in my opinion. I talk about this all the time. Um, and we do have money. We are a well-funded city. What I am saying is give that funding to the police department so that they can man, which costs money, right? More officers, more money, and modernize, right? So if you're going to modernize, you need more training, you need more equipment. That costs, you know, that training costs. So what I'm saying is, is take the money that we have, reprioritize it, and give the money to LFR and to LPD so that they can get their forces right as soon as possible and for the future. And then have a reoccurring cost built in so that we don't get into this problem again. I don't think, that, honestly, I don't think if we threw over a couple million dollars or whatever it is, um, I don't think that's that would be irresponsible at this point in time. I think that um, in the case of the police and fire, we have good leadership that would know what to do with it. And we as the taxpayers would say, hey, um, that's money well spent. Okay, I've got a uh, Tim on the text line. Uh, hello, Commander. Hello. I have a question. What do you think it's proper for Adam Morfeld to be sending out emails to random people suggesting that we support medical marijuana when he's going to be running for county attorney? Just wanted your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think that answers itself, right? I mean, medical marijuana is not legal. 
currently, and we have somebody running for county attorney that's stumping for something that's illegal. Uh, that's one that you're going to have to talk to at, at the voting booth, people. 1,499.3-KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-KLIN. All right, finishing up Whatever Wednesday. Uh, because I am always about the people, this is the people's platform, uh, we've got uh, Trevor who wants to give a shout-out to Frederick Bastat's book, The Law. He says it's one of the better political philosophy books out there, and you can read it probably in the span of the show. I don't know if it's a good or bad book. I just looked it up. Uh, Trevor, I'm going to have to dig in a little bit, but I will say this. He argues in the work that the government consists only of the people within or authorizing it, comma, therefore it has no legitimate powers beyond those that people would individually have. All right, Trevor, I'm going to have to dig into that one. Was not familiar with it. Um, on that topic, I would also say, so Tom Clancy, I guess, is an author. No surprise, right? 20-year military guy. I think he's a great author. A lot of people tell me the former SEAL Jack Carr is a great author as well. I have not read any of his books. I have seen the terminal list, and I will say on the terminal list that the the SEAL actions, tactics, techniques, gunfighting, lingo is very accurate in the terminal list, which makes it fun for me to watch. Um, but it sounds like Jack Carr might be a, kind of a modern-day Tom Clancy, so, um, you know, it'd probably be somebody I like. But uh, The Right Stuff, there's another book. Love that book. I could go on and on and on um, <laughs> without a doubt. Oh, hey, Trevor, no! You're not making a dig on the show. I get it. It's a short book, and uh, thanks for the the recommendation. We will check it out. All right, tomorrow, Councilman Richard McGinnis will be on. Um, Hey, folks, if you go to the county board, if you go to the city council or the school board, peaceful, professional behavior, and wait for it when it's your time to talk. There's a process. There's a procedure. Don't get crazy at these things. lady got crazy the other night at the county board. We can't have that. Peaceful, peaceful talks. 1,499.3 KLI.